Hey everyone, it's Danielle Kelly, D. Kelly 21, in studio today at Real Talk 93.3, joined with Hunter Steele, Tiv at the Spear. We're joined by a very special guest today, um, Freddie Stevenson is with us. How are you doing, Freddie? I'm doing well, how are you doing? I'm hanging in there, I'm hanging in there, I'm so excited to finally get to talk to you, I'm like, because you've had so much going on, um... And I'm just, I, I'm just so excited for everything you've got going on. Um, everybody, Freddie had his movie premiere for uh, Trials um, Triumph not so long ago, and I heard it went absolutely wonderful. And we're we're, we're going to have another one coming up locally. Um, really excited about that. Uh, and I'll, and I'll tell everybody how I met. Um, I'm just making sure. I'm checking the chat really quick. Uh, can everybody hear us now? Okay. Um, so anyway, uh, I met Freddie because years ago, Mike Underwood, uh, a co-founder of um, Micanopy 1851, also Campus Caddy, came to me and said we were having a, uh, a, a book debut at 51 on Madison for Freddie Stevenson. And he asked me to do the interview. Now, I haven't even read the book at this point. Um, and so I'm walking into this interview and, and, and I'm, I'm sitting there with Freddie and we're going through the whole night and I was literally in tears. I, I, that was a hard interview to get through because Freddie's story is so powerful. I even made my kids watch it last night, Freddie, and they were so moved. I'm just, I'm so over the moon for you. I, I really am. And just to tell you how excited I am for everything you got going on. So it's just, it's so moving. Well, tell us, um, t- tell us how everything's been with the premiere and how it's being received and everything that's going on with you. Yeah, the premiere event was, it was a special night um, just to see the lives that were, were impacted. It was a surreal moment. I'm still trying to register what took place last week. Um, and now we're, we're in this process where things are ramping up different platforms across the world or, you know, give me the opportunity to tell my story. And I truly believe this is a film that no matter who watches it, once you sit down and you watch the hour and a half of the film, your life will never be the same after watching it. And it took a lot of work to point, but I truly believe we have a special project and I believe it's one of the most powerful films that people are going to watch this year. I agree, and there were so many like takeaway moments for me because I streamed it. I, I wasn't able to make it to the premiere, of course, but I streamed it and watched it, and there were so many takeaway moments for me about overcoming adversity and what you've been through. Um, not even just your childhood growing up, you know, and then coming into FSU, but then also what happened after the NFL um, and how much you've had to overcome. And, and, and how much you've leaned on your faith to do that was just absolutely, I, I, I couldn't even believe. It. And then the proposal at the end. I'm sorry. I don't want to ruin it for everybody, but. <laughs> yeah, we kind of, we've been teasing this proposal on social media, but just, you know, even with that, like, I just don't think people, the moment watching it in the film is going to be 10 times whatever you could imagine when we, we tease it on social media. At that moment, it gives you chills. It really did. I mean, there were so many moments and then, you know, knowing what you went through because we talked that night at 51 on Madison about the story about McDonald's. 
um, and the cheeseburger. And then I saw that they actually have it there on their sign now that they people need to stream this movie. That is so cool. Yeah, it's um, it's special. Like I thought last year, the corporate team at McDonald's they sponsored my back to school bus, and I was trying to get them on board for the for the premiere, but. You know, I just w- went through the process. And I'm like, man, this is a kind of a different deal than, you know, giving back to the community. Now it's, they're looking at this as business, so I'm going to have to go out and make a splash for them to do it. Um, so ultimately, a local McDonald's in my area, they're like, man, we want to get behind it. Um, hopefully it does something big to where the corporate team gets behind you. And we, I know it's going to happen because last year when we were talking, they were like, man, just continue grinding. I know we'll work together. The corporate team, like, I know we'll work together in the, again in the future. And it's only a matter of time. I think it makes sense for, for both sides. It's, it's a good look for us, but it's a great look for them as well to get behind the story. Um, it just helps both ends. Yeah, and, 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 you know, the story for everybody that doesn't know, go ahead and tell the story, Freddie, because that that's one of the key moments. Now, but I don't want to take away, I mean, it's such, it's such a, it's such a spiritual and, um, emotional thing in the film and and it was that night when you know we talked to 51 on madison but i don't want to take i just make that the point there's so much more in the film that freddie had to overcome and had to do and had to deal with even way past then um even way past the nfl uh and and you know just finding his faith again and and being able to you know realize he had he, he he his calling and his purpose in his life. So just explain the McDonald's story again for people, Freddie, that may not have heard it. Yeah, I don't, I don't mind telling it a million times if I end up having to, because ultimately, you know, we're not here today if people didn't hear that that McDonald's story. We're not here without that struggle. So, um, yeah, just at the time, my mother, she's raising five kids on her own. My father's in, in prison. She's raising five kids on her own. Things are tough. She's working two or three jobs, trying to make ends meet. Get tight because she's trying to put money on these books, pay bills, and then we find ourselves all over the place once things get really bad for us, moving in with different people because we became homeless and then getting kicked out, not knowing where we stay, not knowing where um, the next meal would come from. The reason we get kicked out is, you know, it's five kids, so somebody may break something, somebody may, you know, do something that the person that's watching us may not like. So we're getting kicked out, bouncing around, and then one day when we don't, we don't have, we don't know where we're going to lay our head at that night. It's like eight in the evening. My baby sister's crying because she's hungry. We haven't eaten an entire day. And my mother, she gathers everybody together. She just walks us around, and we're walking like. The, the one part of the story that people never, like, get an idea of is how long we were walking. We were walking over an hour trying to find, like, food. And so after, like, an hour or so, we come across a McDonald's. Walks us in, orders a cheeseburger, and we're like, okay, we don't really know what's going on because it's five of us, you know, everybody's trying to figure out what we're going to do. It's five kids, and plus my mother. Everybody's trying to figure out what we're gonna do. Like, how's this going? How we gonna make it through the night with this? And we didn't know she only had a dollar to her name. The total comes out to a dollar and five cents. And for some reason, the cashier she was being difficult about the nickel. So my mom had to go around McDonald's and beg for a nickel. And somebody 
Long did it, Nickel. She got the cheeseburger. We're all embarrassed. She takes us outside and starts slicing it into five pieces and starts handing it out to us. And we didn't waste any time going in and eating the burger. But then my older sister, she notices that my mom wasn't eating, and she stopped us all and was like, "Like everybody, give 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 her a slice of your burger." And my mom turned it down, and she was like, "No, nah, y'all keep eating." And she burst into tears, and that was just a moment that that stuck with me throughout everything, and you know, still to this to this day. And um, it's crazy because now you you hear all of the 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 different responses and everything how some people that, you know, on the side of where was your dad and now they get to see my dad coming back in the film, realizing that he turned his life around not to be in the prison. And then the other side, the other side of it, the people that were impacted because I was brave enough to, to share that story at my lowest moments. I never thought, um, I never realized, like, afraid people were to share those, those, those dark moments. Like, for me, it's like, now that I'm out of it, I don't see the, the shame in it because that, that testimony may be able to help somebody that's going through it. So I've never been the type to worry about, you know, what people what people think. If it can help somebody, then I'm, I'm telling the story. Like, um, I've told stories to people about in my adulthood just trying to make ends meet, how we were checked and checked and all of these things, had to move out of places because we couldn't afford rent. Like, I don't run away from that stuff because I know what, I'm going to go on to accomplish later. So this is just a part of the growing, it was just a part of the growing process for us. And I want people to understand that throughout their different journeys in life, like you're going to have to struggle while you're on the journey, on the road to success. You're going to have to go through not, maybe not this um, <laughs> intense of a moment, but you're going to have to struggle in some form. So for some of those people that are going through those different struggles to hear stories like this, it may give them the motivation that they need to keep pushing forward. Exactly. I mean, it's one of the most Hunter and I don't know <clears throat> it, 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 the movie actually <clears throat> it goes way beyond that. I mean, it's you know about how he uh, the picture of you is the little kid with the football. Okay, that got me. And then your mom, you know, because I knew the story about the cheeseburger, but then getting to hear your mom talk in the film and what a pillar of strength she is and and just her faith and how, you know, she says you do what you have to do with, you know, in so many words, with what you have, no matter what it is, you you do it, you know, and, 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 and I remember her, she was talking about if, if you have a loaf of bread, you know, then you have that. If you have what you know, I just I, I was like, it was so awesome actually getting to watch her talk. <clears throat> Freddie, correct me if I'm wrong. Today is her birthday, right? I, I thought I saw that on your Twitter. Birthday, yeah, yeah, it's my own birthday. We figured out how we're going to celebrate it. We surprised her on Wednesday um, when she was going to church, and tonight um, <laughs> we're trying to figure out what because my mom she's different. Like taking out for her birthday and stuff is like we celebrate her a lot. So on her birthday, she she doesn't really want the gifts and stuff. So then just give me the money and I'll figure out what I'm going to do with it. So we're trying to figure out a way to kind of surprise her with something to take. Well, happy birthday to her. Yeah, that, that's a <clears throat> very special shout out. That's a, um, I mean, just an unbelievable story. Shout out to the moms everywhere because that's, I mean, what, what would you do without them? Yeah. I mean, and she's, whoo, you know, and I, and Freddie, we didn't even get into a lot of it in that interview that night, you know, that your struggle beyond the NFL as well and what you went through with that. Um, 
and then um, your relationship with your now fiance um, standing beside you, and and then you finally realizing, you know, and I think we all have gone through that point, you know, where we feel like God has turned his back on us at a point, you know, and then we see over time people that have stood beside us and, and stayed consistent with us, and, and, and then we see his little blessings, even in the bad stuff we're dealing with, and then we kind of realize, okay, you never did leave my side. That really yeah, well, hit home with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, um, just looking back at, you know, everything and how it's, it's playing itself, it's playing itself out. It's like, man, everything was, it happened for this moment. I truly believe, like, to this day, like, when I would, when things weren't happening for me in sports, I still got people to this day that hit me up, man. Um, guys I played with when I was in Chicago or played against. Man, you're not gonna try to play like we know you're better than this gun. It's like I know that. I know I was a Pro Bowl caliber fullback. Um, there was only I say like two or three guys in the league at that position that had the skill set I had. One of the guys is the guy from the Forty Nineers, um, Ustet. Um, he's a special fullback, but there's only a few of those guys that are just rare. And for me to see how it played out and just seeing like opportunity after opportunity get blocked, and it's not because. I can't play. It's just the out, like, underlying factors that I have no control over politics, all of these things. And after a while, I was like, man, if this keeps going wrong, because I'm dominating these guys on the field. Like, they can't compete on the field. So I, I truly believe there's something else out there for me if I keep, like, getting blocked. Like, I just listen to these players on the team. Like, one thing about pro athletes, um, just athletes in general, we, we're not finna lie to you, especially the guys that, you know, don't have a true relationship with you. The, when those guys are reaching out and like, man, like, keep, I remember a guy, um, Benny Cunningham, he played with the Rams and he was with, in Chicago when I was there. And I remember it was a day in training camp, but like practice was just terrible. Nobody was motivated. And then they threw me a, a pass in the flat. And they're like, man, we're just gonna go, we're going live right now just to get practice jumping. We're going to tackle. We're, full go tackle whatever and they threw me a flat pass and I caught the ball turned around you see Kyle Fuller over there and I don't know for some reason he stopped I'm used to guys going low on me he tried to stay up and hit me in my chest and it was ugly I I don't know (laughs) if I still got the the video or not but I used to post it on my my Instagram story it was ugly like the whole entire practice shifted from there and he got clowned for the rest of the camp. Like, never something went on. And they're like, man, you better stop playing before we go get 43 over there to go handle you. <laughs> 43 at the time. And Benny Cunningham just came to me. He was like, yo, he was like, keep telling your story. And that just sticks in my head because it's like he said, keep telling your story. Like, that day you did that, he's like, man, I just knew it was something special in you. And you have been through a lot in your life. It's like, I don't know. It's just something in that moment. Like, man, this kid, I've been through something. And he's going to go on and do special things. And he's been echoing that to me now. Like, he's not in the league anymore. I think he played, like, what, eight years? But he's like, man, I just I just knew it from that day. And I just think back to another moment, like our rookie um, showcase, when they have all the rookies, like, do, like do, tell jokes, do the crazy things. And me, I did two T-Pains buy you a drink. And I'm looking back at these moments now along the way, and they were clowning all the other um, players, throwing stuff at them. It was like two or three that did good jobs. But then 
I come up there and not knowing that I have a voice at the time, and I'm just like, I don't know, like, I hated public speaking, I hated being in front of people, and just in that moment, it was like, I wasn't rattled, like, I'm telling Joe's got the crowd um, laughing and everything, and that loosened them up, that's when I learned, like, so you make people laugh, like, you're good to go, you can say whatever you want to say, and I just started singing, buy your drink, the whole um, meeting room's going crazy, the coaches are up in there dancing, and yeah, it's kind of like, along the way, now that I'm looking back at it, like, I was being shown my my purpose outside the ball. I just wasn't realizing it. But now that I see, like, those different moments, that's what it was. Like, I was being shown, like, you, you, got, a, you got a voice that you need you need to utilize. And other people were realizing it before I, I had a chance to. I love that. It's a great story. I, I love it because it's, it's... I wish I had the video. Like, I, I had an Android phone at the time. Not, oh gosh! So I can't have the video, but I promise you, if people see this video from the the thing, I know it for a fact it would go viral. It was, it was a crazy moment. I love you know, and it's like <laughs> it's like you said, like you're perfect. You you had a calling. You just assumed it was ball, you know, only ball, and and then you all these other things were happening that you weren't even you weren't even really realizing. Um, and then, you know, at the, at towards the end of the movie, you'll see, um, when they, when the baby girl is born and all the stuff that just, I cried, I cried because it's, it's a very important story to me, not only from the perspective of athletes and what a lot of athletes go through, like you guys discuss it in the film repeatedly, several of you saying, you know, your choice is either to try to get good at sports or, you know, some people fall into dealing drugs or this or that. Um, but it's, it, but like Freddie is saying repeatedly, even beyond that, it's a story for anybody because it's a story about overcoming adversity, whatever your adversity is. Whatever, yeah. whoever you are, whatever you're dealing with on your own level, um, it's a story about how to overcome that. And, and, and you've overcome it many, many times, at, you know, as people can see, um, through the film. So I am just super excited. I was talking to Michael Underwood last night and I was like, I just can't thank you enough. I had the original flyer. He did for the 51 on Madison event. I was like, I just can't thank you enough for ever involving me in this story because it's such a blessing um, to be able to know you and you're changing lives. And I just think it's great. Yeah, it's, um, it's going to be a long-winded answer. So just the touch on you with the, the speaking on the stories, man. Like one thing we wanted to do with this project, I know initially, like, when we were going through the process and the guys from Warner Brothers reached out and said they wanted to help me tell my story, uh, I was just a realist about the situation. I'm like, man, I have a dope story, but I don't even think I would just sit down and watch a Freddie Stevenson documentary for an hour and 30 minutes. So we have to involve other um, trials and trials stories in, in this. So I thought it was important to bring some of the people along the way that I was able to connect with. And then some of the people that have been behind the scenes my whole entire life that I knew would have stories that would impact people in the major ways. Um, so we brought Maurice Bernard from General Hospital to tell this story, a powerful story for a lot of people that may be like, I didn't go necessarily go through the struggle coming up. This is a guy that's at the top of Hollywood and he has his battles that you would never like think were, were even going on with somebody that's having the success that he's having. And then um, Tony Gaston to go through his struggles going up and now he's one of the top 
life coaches in the world, been on the Oprah Winfrey show, like um, crazy, like crazy journey. Delvin Bro, a guy that has had his struggles, played in the NFL for the Saints. And I, I believe he's going to have a story at some point that's going to be, I'm not sure why it didn't happen before we connected, but Disney Channel, Hulu, whatever. He was even on Good Morning Football. They were talking about how surprised they were that his story wasn't turned into a feature film. I don't know how it happens, but I believe that it was delayed for him for this moment just because to connect us, me finding my purpose, I, be, I believe in Devon Tommen, and I, I believe it's going to happen for him, but people get to hear from my mother, uh, my dad, everybody asks with the cheeseburger story, where was your dad? My dad's in the film. I'm hitting people with that in the comments. He's in the film. Check out the film and you'll hear the, um, hear the full story. And he has an amazing trials of triumph story. You hear from my powerful mother, my fiance. And I, I, it's crazy how many people, I knew they would love my mom, but how many people are blowing me up about my fiance. And I kind of realized this, well, I knew it since I met her, but people started hitting me up last year when we had our back to school bash. And I was just running all over the place, getting things done, you know. Um, making sure everybody at the event was good. And she just took the microphone away from me. She was like, you go get what you need to get done. I'm going to make sure I run everything. And that's when people started realizing, like, I see why he's with her. Yeah, she's she's, she's a firecracker. I love her. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she got the same type of dog I got in me. She she has it in her. She showed it to me early when I was in high school. So um, I truly believe that her story is going to impact a lot of, like, um, broken women that are that are struggling, that are, that are hurt across the across the world. Um, and you got Tyrell Lyons and Ryan Green, some of our Seminoles that had their struggles. Um, that's another side of it that a lot of athletes don't know. That's a um, a potential outcome when you come to this level. Like Ryan Green, I still believe to this day top top five athlete I ever seen, and I probably put him in top two. And I don't I don't know if I put him at two. Like he's that gifted as an athlete. Um, and just to see how his journey went from injuries to politics and just never giving a, a, a fair shot with anything. And for athletes to hear his story, and not just athletes, just anybody, um, a lot of us don't get what we deserve in this world when we're more than deserving, we're better, a lot of things going against us. And just to see somebody like him that can't win for losing, but he's starting to find his purpose, I feel like he's going to be one of those people that, Maybe in a few years or so, we get to come back and tell his story all over again and show people where he's at because a lot of people are reaching out as well about Ryan. They're like, man, I just want to follow his story and make sure he figures it out because at the end, he's he's the only one at the end of the film that hasn't reached his triumph. He's he's working towards it, and everybody's like, man, I hope that this guy figures it out because you can. You, and the, throughout the whole entire film, I think Ryan's the the only person that you can see the pain in his his eyes and. You really can. He's still trying to figure it out. Um, so I, 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 it's going to be an exciting journey. He's starting to see it now. Um, Tyrell Lyons, he's, he's walking in the hills right now like a guy that – Tyrell's story is crazy because we were roommates at Florida State. And he would always be in the training room. Even when he wasn't injured and stuff, before all the injuries and the crazy stuff happened, you know, all the politics and stuff that he dealt with at that level, he was just being in the training room, taking care of his body. But what what I realized when he was in the training room, I was like, listen, you're learning about the body. Like, you're in here asking questions, learning about the body, learning, learning how it works. So 
after ball when he was um I think he was working at UPS and it just wasn't working for him and things like that. And he kind of digs into the story deeper. We don't know if we'll get to use the clips later, but he tells the story deeper. We may do a docu series on him. We'll see. Um, but there's a lot of other people that we're working on doing stuff with. But I just was like, man, Tyrell, um, I think you should be a trainer. I think you should like focus. He's like, well, why do you say that? Like, I don't know. Like, I just, I just believe that's what you're being called to do. Like, it's been here your whole entire life. Like, even when I would work out and all of this stuff, you would advise like, oh no, take, take it. Like, you would tell me different things about the body, just from things that you would learn. I, like, I truly believe that's what you, you're called to do. And he just tried it out, and then you know, for a while it was slow, and now it's taking off crazy. Tyro had a situation where he helped me lose fifty pounds in two months, and that went viral. Like. I think right now it's almost at the video of him and me is at almost 2 million um, views on social media. So that helped him realize, like, okay, I can be good at this. And he's, he's training celebrities, pro athletes, college athletes, high school athletes, so many different people helping them change their lives. So it's dope to see him um, make his, his transition. Then you got uh, a guy named Nano Torres. Nano is special because – like you, he was one of the, the people that when I was still trying to figure out how to tell my story, he reached out and it was like, man, I want to help you like um, tell your story. And at the time, Nano had a top 50 pod, business podcast in the world. And I'm like, he's like, man, there's going to be a lot of eyes on it. Um, I just want to, like, I don't care if I get anything back. I, I played, he played baseball. He played at St. John's in, um, in college and he hurt his shoulder and didn't get a chance to um, make it to the major leagues. But he moved to America from the Dominican Republic, you know, just to have a chance to chase the American dream and make it as a professional baseball player. So he knew the struggle as an athlete transitioning into the real world. Allowed me to tell my story. And I think part of this was when we got the bestseller, getting on his platform was part of it. Because I, I remember going on his platform and just logging in online to see the, the reports. And it's like within an hour of going on the platform, it was like 500 book sales. It's crazy, but his approach, I think, is necessary because we all tell you how to train your mind in different ways, but his, his, his approach is a unique one, and it, it challenges you seriously in a way that none of us are doing in the film. Like, there's some of the, the ways that he's coaching himself throughout the film and the way his, he's been able to train train his mind, I feel like it's, it's necessary for us all. Like, I listen to, to Nano's um, Instagram live every day, and it's like, you think you're going hard until you hear Nano talking. It's like, all right, I can do, I can do a little bit more. Like, I can do, I can do a, a little bit more. And somebody like him just puts everything in, into perspective, man. It helps you truly understand how necessary it is to train your mind, um, commit to a purpose, a passion. You gotta put two hours, two two or three hours in towards your passion every day if you wanna wanna be successful. And just the way that he challenges us to grow mentally, spiritually, physically, I think it's it's a dope approach. And I I know people will love his story as well. And we wrap it up with a guy psychologist, Doctor Dan Ratner. He um he has a different uh, approach on it. I don't. I don't know the last time I had a, a psychologist narrate, seen a psychologist narrate the film, but I think it, his kind of brings everything together.
Yeah, that and there and that happens throughout the film. I mean, and it's pretty awesome. And the, the guy you mentioned before, um, him, uh, give you're gonna have to send me his Instagram thing so I can watch these. The, <laughs> the motiva- is he the one that said, uh, write down three things every day? Yeah, yeah, that was him. That's see, now that hit me. Write down three things every day and and accomplish those. Um, and I loved that. That I thought that was I was like, this is it's it's just a film full of wise advice. Um, it, it, that re- that relates to anybody, no matter what their station is in life. Yeah, for the people that haven't seen it, where can uh where can we go to to see it? They can go to Sapphire S A F I R E Network dot com. And they'll be able to stream the film. Make sure to leave to leave a review after watching it. We got some dope things um, in in the works. We're actually like turning this into a docu series. So we're working with. I can't put the names out there until they um they sign ultimately sign on the paperwork. But we're we're getting close to striking some deals with some some big Hollywood names. They they seen the name and they want to tell their stories. But then it's um a guy that I want to work with soon. I want to do his before we get a chance to do everybody else's like that. We're gonna do a little child to triumph episodes. Um, but there's a there's a guy that kind of like Nano and yourself. He was one of the people that you know reached out and wanted to help me tell my story. Like within like the last two months, he's went from like three thousand followers on social media to 130k within like the last two months. He got a viral video go crazy, and then all his other videos started blowing up. Um, so I, I wanted to help him tell his story before, but now it's like, okay, it's a little bit different when he has this following that he has now that, that supports every single thing that he does. And I, I truly believe he's going to have a message that going to impact the world in a major way. Well, he's, a, he's a powerful guy. Like You got athletes all over the world tapping in with him. They're paying him to to mentor, mentor them and, and all these things. So his approach is, is special. I think it's truly going to help a lot of people. I love it. I love it. I mean, I'm like, I'm I'm, I'm on a mission now that I need everybody to see this. <laughs> yeah. um, it's, it's crazy because yesterday we had a, a meeting. I'm not going to say who we're um, meeting, meeting with, but some, some streaming um, platform, some distribution platforms. Of course, ours, we want to, make it larger than life and push every funnel everything through our through our network and <coughs> have it do its own thing but right now of course we know it's, it's about getting the word out so um one of the people that we know he has some connections with some some streaming platforms and we got connections with them with them all all of us but some of the bigger ones we don't necessarily want to work with because we know on at the end it's kind of, it's going to kind of hurt what we're doing putting it on their platform because everybody just knows them so much that they're just going to go to their platforms, you know, to watch it. So we don't necessarily get an opportunity to build ours up. But then you have some streaming platforms that are like right under that, that everybody knows as well that we're um, talking with that kind of want to, you know, strike some deals with us to put up, put it on their platforms. So we're in the, we're in the works of getting that done. And it's going to be something, something special. And so we're only for a week and a day in now. So I just expect some of this stuff to be moving, moving this fast. But it's going to be an exciting time. Yeah, and I know you guys. Uh, at three, wasn't it was through Mickey eighteen fifty one. You guys were going to have uh, actually a, a, the FSU mm-hmm. 
players watch this, and it had to get moved. Hurricanes, of course. It's that time of year. Um, and are you guys rescheduling that? Yeah, the, the goal is to try to try to do it. Um, hopefully next week. That's our that's our goal. You know, things can kind of get weird setting some of these things up with some of the things that go on behind behind the scenes. But like I said, um, I said since since day one, uh, you know, we we preach doing a lot of things for um, the alumni and all of these things. But then when you know situations like this happen, people, people behind the scenes try to make it make it difficult. I don't see why you wouldn't want this to happen because you got athletes that, that need to hear the message. Um, it's a powerful message that's going to impact their life in a major way. And we talk about giving back to the alumni. I don't know if it's just talk to get people to donate to our program, but we got to start putting action to it. So that's, that's where I stand on that. Yeah. Speaking of the program, um, you know, you know, I'm not going to let you off the phone before I bug you about the Clemson game. Because <laughs> I was thinking about that last night because my, my son asked me, he's like, what are you watching? I was like, I'm watching, uh, I'm going to get the girls to watch um, Freddie Stevenson's documentary. And um, he's like, tell him I know it wasn't a chop block. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I was joking yesterday uh, with someone. I was like, man, it's crazy. Like, of course, it's a... Uh, Pivotal moment in the pro, like one of the worst calls in probably college football history. I'm like, man, no, when it comes to Clemson, though, nobody ever asked about the year before, what, the, what, two years before when Jameis was out, and then we went down there, you know, me and Carlos did our thing in overtime to beat Clemson. Um, I'm like, dang, nobody ever asked about that, but yeah, man, it, the call, it was, you know, it was a, a bogus call, and still is to the, to this, to this day. I would love to sit down. With the he ain't gonna be able to talk. I think he's still reference the reference. See what the deal was with that. But it wouldn't it be a dope conversation to see what fold his thoughts down on that situation. I remember him looking back on the video. I, I went back and watched it last year, and he looked back and he was looking back like confused, like hold on, what's going on? Like, and I knew I was like, man, they finna try something crazy. We done made the game like close and. I don't know. It's just when that play happened, it's funny because the whole entire year, our coaching staff were bothering me because I would stop cut blocking because guys were jumping out of the way. They It was on film that I was cutting people. And they're like, man, just, just cut them and, and just throw, throw, throw the cut block. And if they jump out of the way, our back gets outside. Um, but then you started getting these athletic freaks that can jump out of the way and still go make the play. It was like, no, nah, I'm going to take the – take angles on certain guys, learn how to play them, and then stay up on certain guys. You, you get a feel for which guys you can hit it on and then which guys you, it's going to be a little bit harder to um, set it up. So with the Clemson guy, I knew that I'd be able to get him because I got him earlier in the game, but then this time he was slow playing me. So I was like, man, now I can't really get out there easily because if I go too wide, he's going to shoot inside. Um, So I was slow playing it and waiting for him to, you know, kind of, take off so I can set up, set up the block. And then all of a sudden, I just see them take off running. So I knew, I was like, man, fold them, took off. Like, he, he just took off running. That's why this guy leaving. So I had, all right, man, I got to hurry up and get over here. And it's weird because it's like the guy wasn't even trying to make the play. So as I'm trying to run on my angle to block him, he kind of stops and 
it was like weird to me because I'm expecting to take another angle and show them. That's why the block, it just looks awkward, even though it isn't a chop block. It looks awkward in general. And that's why the guy just stopped as if he was trying to get something called. It's like, I don't know if it was a startup play or whatever. Like, I don't know. They say sports rig. That's one of the moments I'm like, I don't know why he did that. Yeah. And then you come back and they, they call that, they call that penalty and stuff. It was, it was garbage. That was, you talk about that season and the course of the season, Clemson goes on to win a championship. Um, we don't lose that game. There's no telling where we're at at that point. I think we may end up in the, the college football playoffs with how we ended that year. I agree. I do think a uh, a one-on-one, like, 60-minute style sit-down with Freddie Stevenson and that ref needs to happen because, I mean, I'm dying to know how much money that guy had on the game because that was just a ridiculous call. Yeah, it was, it was garbage. Like, and it's crazy because the the way they call they what, chop block, a chop block, technically by rule, a chop block is, a guy being engaged and then a, another guy coming in. It's like, yo, these dudes don't even know what they called on national TV. Like, I don't know. It's crazy, man. That's, that's, the, fact that they, the fact that they got away with that is is wild to me. And not even just that. They got away with that. The stuff that they continue to get away with on uh, a weekly basis on Saturdays is just garbage. The past two games have been special. <laughs> Let's just put it. It's non calls now. That's the issue. Unless it's what was what was that uh, roughing the passer? Uh, that was yeah. I was just <laughs> I'm I'm done with them, Freddie. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I've been done with them since that day. That's that's what started the whole another crappy call search. So I was hoping, you know, part of you is like, man, it's cool to make money of them, but I hate the fact that our team, you know, they always have to take the fall for for these refs being garbage. And of course, everybody in the ACC has to deal with um, trash refs, but it's like, I don't know, the calls just turn it to, just go to a different level when Florida State's on the schedule. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I, I agree. 100%. Even like last week in the NC State game, that blatant targeting call that the NC State linebacker had on that last drive on Trey Benson, and people were trying to argue that that wasn't. Like, it was just, I mean, that was on Florida State. They would be arguing for our, whoever it happened to to be suspended probably for a game. So that was just ridiculous. There, there definitely is a double standard there. That I mean, it's, it's you feel like you're playing the fan victim role, but I mean, it's my eyes don't lie to me. Yeah, without a doubt. That's why every game I'm like, man, we can't make these games close because whenever you make them close, you know what these guys are going to do. You allow them the opportunity to dictate the game. That's what they love to do. Um, so. Like last week, we had an opportunity to put the game away early, I believe, and we made it close. And when you when you make games like that close, you can't complain when when the refs do what they what you know they're going to do anyway. So, um, hopefully, it was a learning lesson for us last week, and we we continue to keep our foot on the opponent's neck when when we're up in the game. I think we, along the lines, we kind of. Got complacent. You started to see guys plays that weren't um, happening early in the game started taking place. Drops. Um, it just started getting super sloppy. I feel like NC State was creating penetration the entire game, but once you um, combine that with all of the drops and stuff later in the game, once the game's close, um, thing the, the perspective and the dynamic of the game changes a, a lot. So um, our guys got to make those plays when, when they're there early because. Team like NC State, not just NC State, any team, man. A lot of these teams don't have the same will once they go down three or four touchdowns. They may 
start looking at each other, arguing, bickering. Then some guys may quit. So you just you just never know. So keeping your foot on their throat and, and forcing them to quit in that game, that's that's the approach that I think we need to start taking going forward. I agree. Learn how to keep a lead, you know, and, and no matter what. Um, I would love to think of what the keys to beating Clemson are. Because, <laughs> I, I mean, I know the stats. I get know, healthy. Get healthy. Uh, yeah, I know the stats. Um, all I can say about Clemson's defense and everything is I, I and, and their ability to stop the run and the way DJ's playing, I think I would expect uh, this is going to have J. Trav's going to have to have the game of his life, and I expect us to throw a lot. I don't know. Freddie's a better expert on that kind of stuff than me. Obviously, he's played, so. <laughs> yeah, we're going to, um, I think we're going to be able to find ways to, what some of the things that that they that they do, I, I still believe to this day there's there's not a game on the schedule we can't we can't win. But ultimately, like the like the past few weeks, even Wake Forest, I feel like Wake Forest dominated three quarters of the, of that game. But the the one quarter that we did dominate, we had a few plays in there where we beat ourselves. And if we if that doesn't happen, if we um take advantage of those plays, you're looking at it completely different to where we may be a team that has the opportunity to be what five and one, maybe maybe even six and no. Like I feel like Wake Forest could have put the game away early, but they did and we had the opportunity to snatch the game back late. We just didn't take advantage of those opportunities that, that were there late. And last week it was just that was just a complete um we completely dropped the ball. So um looking back at that I know styles make fights. This is the same team that, you know, struggled with a Wake Forest and I think the Wake Forest's offense kind of makes it difficult for teams to defend. So, uh, for us going into this, we can just we going forward. I think that, that type of pressure is, is off of us defensively, just because we don't have to uh, worry about um, that 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 slow read, whatever the BS Wake Forest does. That so, slow mesh was, junk. Yeah, the slow, the slow mesh. Um, I think defensively we'll be in um, a better spot. DJ's playing solid, but. Um, I think we'll be in a better spot than we were before we continue to um, get better. It's just offensively, you've seen in the past few weeks, we're going to have to put up points. If we put up, um, we score four or five times against Wake Forest, maybe we're having a different conversation. We scored more last week. We're having, definitely having a different conversation because there were a lot of points left on the field last week. So this week is defense. Continue to, to do what you do. Continue to get better. Um, but offense, you're going to have to score. That's that's really the only way we're going to have opportunity to win this game. Yep. we got to score points. A lot of them, hopefully. <laughs> but I'm with Freddie. I don't think any game on the schedule we can't. And I, I, I still believe that. I mean, even um, going, you know, what we've been through. And I agree with Freddie, too. Like, Wake Forest gave Clemson a hard time, two overtimes. Uh, Wake Forest runs that slow mesh, and, and Hunter and I were actually talking about that last week. It's like one of those gimmicky things that's hard to adjust, hard to defend. Um, NC State a little different. We kind of we dropped the ball at the end, well, literally at the end of that one. But um, it, but we had the lead, you know, and that and those are problems I believe this week are being corrected, of, of course. Um, and then you know news. Um, de- depending on injury, it sounds like Coop's going to be back. Mm-hmm. Um, Jakai back. Pleasant surprise, yeah. Pleasant surprise. Um, and then you know, still waiting on other injury news. Yeah, I don't know what the word is with love it, but um, I don't. 
we're not going to see him this weekend. I don't think. So. I don't think so. Either. Yeah, we. So. Um, but boy, do we need him back. Yeah, we really do. I, uh, Freddie, I got to be honest. If we, I think if we'd had Love It, man. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a completely different story when you um you go on to a Wake Forest game. Um, you got Love It, you got Love It and Coop back there. Even with um Burst not being fully healthy, just the impact that he was able to make when he was you know was in the game. I think Love It and Coop in there together. They can shut down, completely shut down the running game. And the LSU game, you've seen it, is the first running game outside of the quarterback. The things that they were able to do to um, slow down their running game. And outside of that, I don't think we faced just a true um, running quarterback that causes problems for, for a defense. Well, not that my Louisville, but um, we knew Wake Forest wasn't going to cause that problem. So you shut down that running game. And Hartman, I think, continued to see it as the game progressed. As we continue to apply pressure on him, he was just throwing things up. It was like, man, we're gonna have an opportunity to take one back the other way. He gave it to us late in the game, but then our guy, their guy, just goes up and takes the ball from him. But I knew it was gonna come eventually, and he's gonna give us one that we can take the other way because he's getting rattled back there. And that's what it does when you, you stop a team's running game. You create you create some pressure in the pass game, even if you're not getting there and bringing them down. It rattles, it rattles a team. It rattles a team and puts the pressure on them, especially now when you've been up and this team is coming back on you. It's like one team is the pressure isn't on you. You've been down all this game. It's weird because yeah, you want to win the game, but it's like technically we're already out of this fight. We're down three touchdowns. The world thinks it's over for us. Like let's just go play and see what happens. Then the team that's fumbling, and that's when all the pressure becomes on them. And that's one thing I would like to see. Like with us last week, I felt like we got a little rattled once NC State started to come back and instead of just continuing to stay aggressive and do all of the things that, that got us to the point um players are, you know, kind of folding under the pressure a little bit and that's that's something we can't allow to happen. Yep. I think we got to play pretty flawless this weekend. Mm-hmm. I mean, being honest. And like Freddie said, please. I mean, we're not only talking ACC refs. We're talking ACC refs here with Clemson. So don't even make it close. Like, <laughs> don't even. You know who they're gonna side with on that one. Let's just go ahead and call that right there, because you know. Yeah, I knew when I saw Flanagan was gonna be the ref on um Saturday night against NC State. I was like, oh boy, here we go. This gonna be fun. Oh, but I'm telling you, but no, Freddie, I'm like, just, I, I'm over the moon for you and everything you've accomplished this like film and the fact, that, and I had that vibe watching, um, the film that you were going to turn this into a docuseries. Cause that's one wonderful thing about you is you not only want to tell your story to inspire people, but you want to tell other people's stories to inspire others. You're like making sure to cover all bases, uh, you know, like maybe, like you said about bringing in the guy from General Hospital, maybe, I mean, he, he's won, what, Emmys? You know, and he was, nobody realized the kind of mental depression and stuff he was suffering from. And and allowing people to see, you know, the different narratives, the different stories. Um, I'm just so thankful for you, my friend. I just don't have words. I appreciate you. One thing I've, um, I don't know if it's been, I don't know, I just, even with the book, like it's always you don't always want to tell the entire story. Like we have all the clips, we have everything. Like people think, well, my book is only 112 pages. We could have got 350 pages out of the book, 
But my editor was like, don't know, don't give them everything. He was like, do you plan on writing more books? I was like, yes. She was like, so you can't give them everything with this book. And that's kind of the, the same process that we did with the, with the film. Is like so many of these people, like from Delve and like every single person in the film, if you sit down and hear their whole entire story, you think, you think it was powerful with just watching this. You sit down and hear their whole entire story. Like it's mind blowing hearing some of these people's story. Delvin, like some of the things that he had to go through. Um, you hit Delvin's interview is literally the only interview throughout the whole process when we were like doing our pre-interviews before filming where I had to leave because he's been through so much crazy stuff going growing up that it uncomfortable to listen to and he's literally like a person that and a lot of the people in the cast start but when you hear his story it's like you have so many I think three times in his life he tried to commit suicide and every single time something went wrong it wasn't because you know some people would just think about it it wasn't because he wasn't serious he was serious and something would go wrong every single time it was like I don't know his life was just fair and then the abuse he dealt with up in his household. You hear some of the stories of the things he had to get dealt with. It's like, I just feel alive. And just to see his story played out to where it is, is like, man, I, I hope one of these platforms gets it done. And I say that, I say that now, but the goal is to, you know, to build our network up to where we wanted to be. So hopefully we're the ones that to um, turn it into a feature film because, one thing you see in these these industries, they don't necessarily care about you know telling these these good these good stories or telling the true stories. It's, it's all about you know um, catering to a certain audience and making it Hollywood. So if we get the opportunity to turn it into a feature film, I, I would love to do it for him. I, I believe he deserves everything and more. I know he's going to be some per, a person that we tell his story a little bit more in the docu series, and I know that the world's going to fall in love with his story, but. He, he has a story that needs to be in a film as well, a feature film as well. Yeah, I believe that after watching. Yeah, seriously. I mean, you can tell in their faces and their stories, like, they've been through a lot. Um, so it would be, I mean, like, I, I hope I hope this, to, and I have no doubt it will, because, you know, God's definitely got a calling on you with this, um, that this takes off. And, you know, you do the docuseries and tell people, you know, show show these stories and, and give people hope. I encourage everybody to get the book, Trials to Triumph, read it, um, and and watch that movie. Well, I've posted the link. I'll keep posting the link on how to stream it, um, and just and watch it. I mean, have you know? Have like I said, I have my teenagers let's watch it last night. Um, I know one of um, my oldest son that's a fr- that well, he's not a freshman now. I guess actually he's a junior now, but um, he uh, at FSU, he's like a leader in his church and stuff downtown. And I'm gonna have him, and I know some FSU football players actually go to that church, and and I'm gonna have him sit, you know, like hold a show party thing because everybody needs to see it like i just can't emphasize that enough um everybody needs to see it yeah i'm with you i i I truly believe that this is going to be one of those films that continues to get bigger and bigger month month by month i i told him at some point you once you had enough people the right people watching this film i believe it's going to be a film that people are still coming back to in the next 20 20 to 40 years it's like man wow it's a film that's going to be able to 
impact lives for a long, a long, long time. And like I said, once people watch this, their lives are never going to be the same. And life is, you know, life's a roller coaster. You know, it's going to have up, up, up. You're going to have downs. So you may have to come back to it in two years, five years, whatever the case may be when you need me to pick me up. And I think it's one of those films that can provide that for someone's life. Yep, I agree. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, before I... Wait, Hunter, did you, were you going to ask something? I was just going to say, for again, one more time for the people that haven't seen it, just pl- plug where we can watch it, because I mean, I definitely need to go see it now. I feel feel like an idiot now watching it. <laughs> yes, um, sapphirenetwork.com, S-A-F-I-R-E network.com. And I didn't talk about this um, throughout the interview, but it's going to keep asking, like, why didn't you do Netflix? Why didn't you put it on another platform? Before talking with them, I had a, I was going to have an opportunity to work with a guy that has a lot of different um, films that are on Netflix, and he was going to get work with me, create a documentary, put it on Netflix. But they were trying to you know change my story uh, a lot, and I really wasn't with the direction that it was going. So those things kind of stalled, and ultimately we got this done. But the Sapphire Network um, is going to be the first ever um, NFT streaming platform. So. That's a new dynamic that's never been done before, and also, like right now, um, it's just it's regular. But in like the next two to three months, you'll see the NFT aspect added to it for our NFT lovers and our crypto lovers. They get to kind of enjoy it as well and gain the value from a, having an NFT. But you'll be able to purchase purchase the NFT, or you can just buy it as a regular film if you're not really into the crypto space or the NFT space. So that's a different dynamic that we'll have that other networks don't have. I love it. Yeah, and I'm glad you didn't let them change your story. And and for those who haven't seen it, when you actually do watch it, I mean, it looks, it's almost like watching, it's almost like watching a 30 for 30 in a way because it's like it's they they do such a good job with the interviews and and the backstory and showing different and you know showing different photos and stuff like this it's like it's uh, you know I'm glad you did it that way because it looks more authentic and it looks genuine as opposed to some just you know series where they were trying to change the story I loved it I loved it, and I bought it, and I own it now, so I'm going to watch it all the time, I can tell you. See, you, 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 I don't know who's listening, but you hear what she said. She said she bought the film, and she owns it now. For everybody that's asking, um, why, um, if they get to watch, how many times can they watch the film? Once you buy the film, you own it forever. Yep. So you can go watch this film a million times today if you want to. Um, and that's one of the dope things about it. We aren't subscri- our, our platform isn't subscription-based. You buy the content, you own it, you own it forever. One thing we're trying to figure out now, once we um, do start adding the NFTs for the people that love NFTs, how we're going to go about it um, for the NFT side. And that's, you know, it's, it's a little confusing, but just to continue to make it valuable for the people that love the NFTs so that they can um, gain value off of it as well. That's the unique thing about NFTs. While we're making revenue, um, the holders of the NFTs can potentially make revenue as well. Say if we have the trials of triumph um, NFT and we keep adding to the docker series on the NFT side, and the value just keeps going up crazy because everybody's loving the, the docker series. Just drop the drop value can continue to increase. So say like the film is twenty one dollars, but then the NFT 
it may be like a hundred dollars that you get access to a hundred of the episodes in the docuseries along with the film. So now the people that, you know, maybe got it a little bit earlier before it raised, raised in price. Now maybe they can sell it back or continue to hold, um, expecting the price to drive up. So that's the one thing about the NFT side that I like. And then of course, like I said, for the people that aren't really into that, just buy the regular film and enjoy that as well. Yep. I loved it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I can't wait to see it. Yeah, seriously, it's really good. It's really, really good. I was like, my daughter was like, oh, wow. And she was like, you know him? And I'm like, <laughs> like I love Freddie. Freddie is hilarious. <laughs> he's got such a, a an inspirational story, and he's one of the funniest people ever. Seriously, just the stuff he tweets sometimes cracks me up. <laughs> no, my... My favorite is still, remember, my favorite is still, Freddie. Remember when everybody was going crazy and was it Orlando over the White Castle opening and they had, like, the cars wrapped around and you finally posted that night. You were like, man, if y'all don't just take y'all's behinds to the CVS freezer section. <laughs> that, that's the one that took me out. <laughs> he, he is hilarious. He's a great follow and a definitely inspirational person. All right. I know we've kept you forever, so you got to tell me that since the the orange people are in town, are what's your prediction for tomorrow? Oh man, that's it's, it's tough. Um, I just say just because I I still feel like this team is trying to figure it out as far as um, winning. Like last last week, kind of show, showed me that, and even not even just last week, the the wait the wait for game you saw when we were trying to climb back is like. Still, you know, still guys that don't necessarily, you know, we're still trying to build our identity as that team that doesn't know how to win. And then even with that, sometimes we get into these tight situations and maybe our coaching staff doesn't make the, the best decision. So I think sometimes even in those situations, they're still trying to learn how to win as well. So um, if it's a game where we get ahead, it's based off the history, I don't know if we're going to stay, stay ahead at this point because we haven't learned how to put our foot on someone's throat and just keep it there. And then if it's a tight game, of course you bring the rest into play, but then just sometimes in these pressure moments, you don't know if we're going to always make the best decisions as a staff. So um, at least not to this point. So I say Clemson, uh, I think they may get us by like 10 points. I don't know what the final score is going to be, but just looking at Will Shipley and, and what he brings to the table, I think he's going to be, the the deciding factor for them, I think it's a it's a tough a tough matchup for us. A guy like that that can do a lot of different things. Um, I want Deloach all over him. Yeah, <laughs> and then you got um, the quarterback DJ. Now he's not the same quarterback he was last year. That um, it's easy to defend, so um, he doesn't really make mistakes right now. So coming into this game, we're gonna have to force him to force him to make make mistakes because he's not. The guy you can just sit back and he's confused and he's not that guy anymore. He's going, he can dump you all the way down the field and if the big plays are there, he's going to make them. So, uh, man, it's, it's tough. I hate to, I hate to go against my, my nose, but I always try to keep it, um, realistic. I just don't think at this point, like if we would have came out differently the past two weeks, I'd have been a little bit more optimistic. I hope, I pray, I pray I'm wrong, but I say they get us maybe like, uh, 24, 14 or 20, 27-17, I think it's that type of game. Yeah, it very well could be. Keys to me is, is exactly what you said 
Um, DJ's definitely, I'm not even, I never try to pronounce his last name. Hunter can do it. I cannot. Um, DJ's definitely better this year. Shipley's going to be an issue. Um, Clemson is awesome at stopping the run, too, and that's one of the highlight strengths of our game. Uh, so, like you said, there's a lot of factors in this. We have to learn how to get a lead, establish a lead, keep a lead, not make mistakes, play flawless, um, and, and, and things like that. And, <laughs> And I'm hopeful, I'm hopeful I would expect since they are so good at stopping the run that we, I mean, I want literally like air raid. Like I want, I want, I want, I think we would have to do different play calls and throw the ball a lot. Um, yeah, I think, um, go ahead. No, that's what I was, I was agreeing. Oh, yeah. I think um, another thing I didn't kind of, I didn't mention is we don't need a heavy dose of 14. Um, we got a lot of guys that can make plays, but. The, the only guy that I think is unguardable in any situation is 14. Um, so we're going to have to find a way to be creative and, and for, force the ball to him in this game. Sometimes we go away away from him when he's rolling early. I've seen that, um, you know, Wake Forest game a little bit last week. He had, he had some key drops as well. But um, continue continue to get him the ball. He's Agreed. Got, he, he, he's 6'7", and he can move. So find ways to to get this guy the ball. I don't see a guy on their defense and two <laughs> many defenses in the country that can guard guard this guy, especially with how he moves and how he attacks the football when when he's when he's rolling. So you gotta find ways to be creative and then the defense will play a little bit more honest just to just to stop him and there may be more opportunities to run the ball. It, it's kinda weird you, you usually run the ball to open up the pass, but this week you may have to do it a little bit backwards. Yep. I'm, I, I I agree with that 100%. This may be use your passing game to open up your run lanes. Mm-hmm. So I do agree with that. But, yeah, I'm with you. He's hard to cover. It's kind of like watching Chris Davis cover Kelvin Benjamin. <laughs> when people try. <laughs> you just can't do it. He's 6'7". I mean, what do you want me to say? <laughs> so... But, uh, Freddie, I know we've kept you long enough. I just adore you, and I'm so thankful to you for talking to us this long and, and, and about your film and Clemson coming up and everything. Are you going to be at the game? No, I won't be at the, the game tomorrow. We actually we got a few things going on this weekend. So, I, unfortunately, I won't be able to make it. I'm planning on making it to a few games later in the year. So, we'll try. To, I'm trying to make it to the, the Miami game. I know that would be down south. And then the the Florida the Florida game. I was trying to make it to the Clemson game, but with us coming next week as well, it's like both of those things compounded with all the other things we got on our end. It was just been tough. Yep, I'm with you. Well, then I'll definitely see you next Thursday. So, but I cannot thank you enough for everything and um, for talking to us so long. And everybody's got to watch the film. I'm gonna keep posting the link. I'm gonna keep talking about it because y'all need to watch it. You need to get the book and read the book as well. It's a bestseller. So, awesome stuff. Thank you for joining us, Freddie. I can't. I'm really, really, really thankful. Um, So, all right. Well, then I'll see you next week. You take care. Okay, you too. All right. Thanks, Freddie. Okay, everybody. This is Danielle Kelly, D. Kelly 21, in studio at Real Talk 93.3 with Hunter Steele. Special, special thanks to Freddie Stevenson for joining us today and to all of you for listening in. As always, go Knowles.